Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos, but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. The feast has been completed and our characters are on their way. Quinny tanked his performance of tequila, Butthole gave a touching speech and his second performance of tequila was much stronger, and Juniper let Grandpa Warwick take the stage and he got confused, along with the crowd. Having distracted their friends enough to get away, will our heroes survive their suicide mission? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. The Dum Dums are back on the road, having had a brief respite um, over the past few weeks at uh, the Fortress of Forlorn Hope, and of course the Feast of Saint Mudbutt um, that you've just left. Um, you all had a chance to uh, recharge, relax to some extent, uh, but more importantly, to plan and to reequip. Um, the battle with the fries was was harrowing, to say the least. Moving all of um, Cornucopia slash Quintown uh, to the fortress was not an insignificant task. Some of you found out you had family members. You know, <laughs> lots of wacky stuff has occurred. Um, but uh, with the information that um, Doc Huckleberry managed to find as he was uh, tracking all of you, that he passed along to Reginald, the Reginald passed along to all of you, um, you found a way into a car. Uh, through an, an old mine system that Butthole you were unfamiliar with, but that Reginald uh, vaguely remembers from from his time as being a dead site, um, a site that was was strip mined to you know absolutely nothing and then stoppered up because it was a clear hazard. Um, but in your time, uh, things have gone differently, and from the sounds of things, the mine is is very much not in the state that uh, he was. He expected to hear about it uh, from the uh, the survivors who had made their camp there. So, uh, having successfully pulled off the ruse that you're at a party all night uh, with with fun karaoke times, um, you're now making your way uh, towards that that site. You have um, uh, it's it's a few days of travel uh, ahead of you. Um, I'm not going to make you roll for like what happens in the night. Do zombies approach? <laughs> because I think at this point, if you're a small group. And you've all uh, had to travel around outside of the walls of the fortress enough that I don't think this would pose too much of a problem. 
uh, for our level 14 adventurers, not specifically going into zombie infested places and going, hey, zombies, it me, come get me. Um, so you have, um, we're going to say with, with some magical assistance here and there, uh, it's going to take about three days of travel hmm. to find your way um, to uh, to this site. Um, when I say uh, magical travel, um, amongst the potions that you found um, in the uh, the necromancer's uh, workshop um, are some some potions of of uh, almost like uh, what Bucky has has dubbed blurred speed um, that basically give you, for lack of better term, Edward Cullen speed or True Blood Vampire speed, where you get to do that like <laughs> thing where you know low budget TV can get away with making you seem fast. So you're not at like Keep up super... with us now, Ginny. <laughs> Harsh but fair. Harsh but fair words from Laura. Um so it uh, it lets you move very very swiftly. Um not you're not like the Flash or Quicksilver where everything has slowed to an absurd rate for you just that you're able to cover a, a hell of a lot more distance yeah. uh during the day. Um and Juniper, I think uh in in your case this literally means like you hitch the uh, the battle chair to two, probably Butthole and Reginald. They drink the potions and then they fucking run and oh, okay. basically chariot them um, with, I imagine, like using your arm strength to kind of like crank the uh, the wheel as well to make sure that you're mm. you're going. Um, but just making sure that, you know, all all of your speeds are, are roughly equivalent, given that you have to deal with all terrain in Aww. a way that uh, other and folks don't. And they get an aura of warding and an aura of courage. And there an aura go. of protection the entire time. Oh, some good auras. Uh, honestly, Reginald might never stop. He might yeah. just hang around you He literally can't now. be frightened while unconscious. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, he's near it's me. Like his, <laughs> does he just cease to be like that? His personality. <laughs> yeah. Held together with duct tape and fear. I don't know how he's going to... I think it is him. that he can't have the condition of frightened. Mm. Not necessarily. Gotcha. Well, here's yeah. the thing. Intrinsic he's, internal fears. <laughs> he's not aware that he won't be afraid of things that come at him. He fully expects to be terrified. It doesn't solve his anxiety disorder. It's not called cure for mental health aura. Like, he still yeah. is who he is. Yeah. Great. So, um, uh, together, all of you um, sort of make uh, make good time. Because obviously, like, Aka isn't next door. Um, but with with the, the sort of fleet... The swiftness that you've managed from the these potions and the the distance you got, also the fact that you're able to kind of cut through a bit of um, the Icewind Dale Mountain ranges, um, just gets you a little bit closer. You know, being in a fortress up a mountain in the middle of a mountain range means you can kind of cut across the mountains in a way that no one in their right mind would. Mm. Um, but if you're already up there, why the fuck not? Um, so you're making very good time. But I, I really cannot stress enough uh, that Aka is not. Next door, it's not a three-day try. Like three-day <laughs> walk. There's teleporting. We hear you. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so you're covering a fairly vast amount of space, which means that conversation, while while going at hyperspeed, is not that possible. But again, you're you're traveling a vast distance, and the catch with these potions is they they similar to chugging Red Bull. Like you feel great when you're doing um, either the running or when you know your arms are burning from from spinning the wheels on the chair. Yeah. Like you feel fantastic. During that time, but the minute this shit runs out, it's like lights out. You just fall over, mm. um, 
and need to rest as quickly as possible. Um, so the mornings are always a little bit of the the groggy day after um, an overly intense, like, you know, like moving or something like that, where you're just like you've overextended <laughs> your body in a way you normally don't. Um, you know, coffee is made uh, over the fire. Um, Doc Huckleberry is fucking good at coffee because it's like a cowboy cosplay thing he can do. So he makes sure there's always like a little tin pot coffee thing uh, situation going on every morning. Um, and, you know, you have breakfast and it really does take some time to shake the cobwebs off before you can you can go again. So I know, Laura, you'd mentioned that Juniper would want to talk to Butthole about um, uh, the... <laughs> the problem of the horde. Huge <laughs> political views of, of Reginald. Um, yeah. And yes, what? how do you solve a problem like Horderia? Um, (laughs) so I know you want to have that chat, but you're also welcome to have any other chats you would like of that sort. And it's not like you all have to be standing around each other at all times. Like Juniper, if you wanted to like speak privately with butthole, you could do that because it's, it's like camping with friends, right? Every morning, everyone's got their little routine. Reginald is presumably taking down his like paranoid murder tent. You know, everyone's yeah. everyone's got their thing to also, do. Also, yeah, Juniper doesn't need to have this conversation in the presence of Reginald, who's just going to, yes. like, interject with stuff. Like, yeah. she's got his information. It's fine. Well, Reginald look, but then what's looks... the player who plays Reginald going to do, Laura, <laughs> if he can't have an active conversation with the player who plays Butthole? <laughs> yeah. I want to leave someone out. Why would you separate brothers? Um, I mean, like, <laughs> uh, Reginald stays in what looks like a really tiny, shitty tent. Um <laughs> It's actually the glamping tent that he got from not Peter Baelish. So he has like a lavish fucking mansion <laughs> that he is sharing with no one. It is just his tent. Uh, and he, he keeps complaining about how he has to share the tiny space with Doc Huckleberry. Um, <laughs> yeah, no wonder Doc the- Huckleberry is able to make coffee. There's like bags of coffee in the glamping tent. <laughs> yeah. It always seems like Doc, Huck- Doc Huckleberry yeah. is like finding things, but it's really just that they're all in Reginald's fucking tent because he also stocked it for the journey. He yeah. fills the tin pot with Nespresso and then just takes it out and puts it on the fire. And it's like, it'll take a minute to heat up. <laughs> they can't tell anybody until a minute's passed. Uh, one crunchy question that I have, Tom, that I want to ask now before it seems like we're cheating later. Uh, we have an you upgraded potion room in the Fortress of Forlorn Hope that we could use to take potions with us. I was wondering if we had any healing potions or anything we would have stocked for this journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. We should have done that before we left. Um, yeah. I just thought of it now, so don't worry about cool. it. Cool. Um, so you're traveling purposefully light uh, in order to make these these potions kind of run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you had to bring, um, each of you had to bring like three of these, uh, these sort of um, speed potions with you. So I think we can safely say that each of you can choose one um, one improved potion uh, to, to bring bring along for the ride. All right, us of immediately right this moment definitely didn't take a break to figure out what our potions were because we all already knew. Uh, what <laughs> potions have you all already chosen, obviously, from your vast knowledge of potions in D&D? Uh, Quinny, um, I believe it was Quinny, got the potion of soft step four of them, one for each person. So right. he would distribute those as well at some oh, point. Nice. Probably when, when helmets were being handed out, he would also give out these potions. I forgot to mention So we that. all flash back to those potions being handed And out. I'm giving yeah. it to you for no stress. You also wow, all thanks, have, have your, your traditional five stress. We haven't used stress in a Ooh, really long you. time because you all just plan ahead these days, but <laughs> five stress. 
Do I get five stress per character, Tom? Oh my god! Um, <laughs> sure you do, but you're only going to be playing buttholes, so go ah, fuck yourself. Nuts. <laughs> it's like, it's the answer. Uh, hey, Goblin Jr. gets five stress too. It's great. Wow, fifteen stress. I mean, you'll use those for him. So yeah, keep track of that. <laughs> you uh, play Goblin Jr. Flashing back to Burt Reynolds scenes. It's going to be the whole thing. <laughs> god. <laughs> For the potion that I definitely always knew I had brought with me mm-hmm. um, and didn't take a break to look up, uh, I'm going to get a potion of superior healing. Cool. Just an insurance policy for me. Smart. If the healers goes down, I can administer it to him. If someone else is just not near butthole, if we get split up, I can administer to them as needed. Just a little insurance policy. Reginald's got an ouchie and he won't shut up about it. You can administer it to him. <laughs> Well, no, I'll probably put the the quiet potion on him if he's whining about it. <laughs> Again, harsh but fair seems to be the uh, the tone of the day. All cool. Right. Uh, how about the rest of you? Butthole also took a superior healing potion. He usually likes to have a potion on him. So if he gets downed and is still needed in a fight, somebody else can bring him back. So it's one of those. It's like an EpiPen. Everybody in his party knows where he keeps the potion on him and it's yeah. somewhere accessible. Uh, I kind of like to imagine that if they can't pour it down your mouth, they just like break it on you like they're christening a ship. Like, <laughs> That's way emergency. nicer than pouring it into his buttholes, I thought you were going to say. So, you know, we're all having a journey. Just butt chugging a health potion. It's more potent that way. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, you, get, you get plus two D4s if it goes in your butt. That's what yeah, I hear. Gygax was very explicit about that in the first edition. <laughs> They changed it for advance, but you know, we, don't, we know the truth. I put the, po- I, I put the potion in my butt. Give me your character sheet. And then he hands it back and you have full health. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um, that's the original Tomb of Horrors, actually. Adds a little note. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. That's all it says. Uh, Reginald, however, has taken a potion of invulnerability, so he'll have resistance to all damage for one minute when he drinks it. Yeah, that sounds appropriate. Yep. Yeah. Very self-focused. <laughs> All right, and uh, Sheriff Juniper. Uh, Sheriff Juniper uh, is taking a potion of frost giant strength, mm. which will increase her strength uh, to a score of 23 or plus six for an hour. Um, That's awesome. And she will also take the opportunity to remind everyone that they should stay within 10 feet of her when possible. <laughs> because she has an aura of protection. Which means I'll, I'll do what I can, but yeah. I'm generally forward scout in these scenarios. I get it. I'm just yeah. saying when you're within ten feet of her, you an aura of protection, an aura of warding, and an aura of courage, they're all good things. If we made the Sounds potion good. at home, it could be a potion of the strength of the fantastic frondu. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that. I love that. <laughs> okay. We call it mountain frondu. Really likes that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mountain front dew. You gotta do the dew. Oh, uh, do the dew. That's what you have to say when you drink it or it doesn't activate. <laughs> you have to say do what the is dew. This potion of strength of what? Uh, strength of front dew. Yeah. Strength of front dew. I love that. Fantastical front dew. That's beautiful. That's gonna, yeah, that's, yeah, definitely. <laughs> In my head, it is just a Mountain Dew bottle. So it's got like, but it's it's a Mountain Dew bottle from when they have a tie-in to a video game or a movie. <laughs> so instead of like The Rock as Black Adam or like Master Chief, it's just like the fantastical Frondu. Yeah. Just in all of his glory, like holding up his hands. Yeah, you the, a ma- the Mountain Dew's white. It just says like Mountain Dew Ice. <laughs> yeah. You get more <laughs> you get more experience points. It's just, it's just carbonated water. Shh. 
Mountain Dew ice. <laughs> With enough caffeine to kill Laura. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Mountain don't. Yeah. <laughs> supporting the fable and folly network here's another show we know you'll love i got this really strange email last night i need to see what's going on with this mystery file hey it's a map of a town called ocean bay someone sent these images to you for a reason i'm so lost right now when was the last time you chose a direction and followed it i'm going to ocean bay We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to my first advertisement. That's right, it's the great wizard Bukake here to talk to you about the Patreon of Dum Dums and Dice. It's an amazing opportunity for you to contribute to a show you enjoy and appreciate even more shows they're making elsewhere too. For $1, you get access to the fan-only Discord and a pre-session video and post-session DM chat for each arc of Dum Dums and Dragons, including all the historical ones. At $5, you get a weekly tableside chat, plus an ad-free feed where you don't have to hear any of us talking to you about Patreon or any other products that pop up. At $15 a month, you can name NPCs and submit names for places and things that have to get used in the show and mess with Tom. And at $25, you can create your own NPC that'll interact with our heroes and get a special thank you at the end of every episode. Just go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Join today! Okay, great. So sweet. You've got your potions. Um, fantastic. So um, beyond uh, jumping back into the past and equipping ourselves with gear that we should have thought of before we left, uh, <laughs> because your DM forgot to remind you that you have a, a magical potion lab. Um, is there anything that uh, you think you all would be discussing on the way other than, uh, again, Juniper, you're, you've got kind of first position on this because you've already flagged your chat but um any of the rest of you is there anything you would want to be discussing with your your comrades yeah i think Quinny would want to be talking to reginald about once again what to expect i know we've gotten kind of like the the rundown here but i think we just want more information or just to talk to him about it again just in case anything was missed or or anything like that cool I think Butthole's kind of good. Like, this mission seems relatively clear to him, and Reginald is also focused on the mission, so Butthole's happy to talk to to Juniper slash Sheriff Moss, and Reginald's happy to talk to Quinny. Cool. Um, and 
because it has been a hot second. Uh, the details that Reginald gave were, I believe, more about a car than the mine. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. He had some. He he knows of the mine, but not yep. tremendous specifics of the mine. He knows its history. Yeah. Great. Um, okay. So, and Quinny, uh, you're asking him about the mine or about a car? The mine. The mine. Okay. Um. So, uh, Ryan, can you roll me a? I think we're going to go with a history check. Well, I mean, Quinny, what do you want to know about the mine? That's the real question. I know a lot of things about a lot of things and a little bit about other things and nothing about some things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how... Yeah, yeah, that's how knowledge works, so I, that makes sense. Uh, really just, you know, even if it's not mission pertinent, like, just what do you know in terms of, like, rumors or what people talk, say about this mine and stuff like that, like from where and when you're from, this place had been just Well, we mined, mined it down to, to nothing, depletion. stripped it down, killed all the monsters, kept mining, monsters stripped it there, to yeah. zero. And then any, uh, any talk of like what kind of monsters or anything like that? Bad, scary, super murdery. I rolled a 12, Tom. 12? Yeah, so Reginald, despite your best efforts, I think because all the monsters were killed and you come from kind of a, a more hellish dimension where the black spider, you know, kind of like reigns triumphant. Um, if a monster is dead and hunted to extinction, you don't care about it because there are plenty of like active monsters running around. So all you know is that um, there was a monstrous presence in the mines. Uh, it was stamped out rather efficiently. Um, the mines were, fell completely under control of um, a car and then provided um, uh, adamantine ore to the Black Spider's horde. Um, and ultimately, a lot of it went into like equipping uh, your troops. Um, so the the like the Aka troops who joined with uh, the horde. Um, later, once the Black Spider rose to ascendance, um, a lot of it went to uh, the Wave Echo Cavern to be used in the uh, the Spellforge um, to to forge better weapons. But by that point, there wasn't a whole hell of a lot left because already so much of it had been turned uh, to uh, to weapons. And armor. All right. So what I know about the monsters is they were very bad. There could have been one or several. They mobilized the army to stop them, either because there were a lot of them that needed to be killed or it was tricky to hunt them down. Not sure. And then they wiped them out and then it became very profitable for the murder army. So it, it took an army then, huh? Yes, but a lot of things take an army if you want them done fast. It could mean that it's an overpowering strength that will absolutely kill all of us, which I'm really hoping isn't true. Or... Uh, I don't know. It could have been like one little goblin who was just real stabby and they couldn't find him in the dark. I don't know. I wasn't alive. But it was apparently very dangerous or not that dangerous. People lie. Hmm. I see. And what was it they were mining for? Just adamantine. Iron? Adamantine. Right. Yeah, the adamantine mine. Right, yep, right, yep. Right, they okay. have to turn that in to make armor and then to go to the, the Wave Echo Cavern where they made super spelly stuff. And then we sort of ran out. And that's one of the reasons why we had to keep conquering everyone. And, uh, uh, Tom, I'm not familiar with the, like, the, the mineral adamantine, mm -hmm. am I? Um, you would be, actually, I think, Quinny, because, okay. uh, or rather, I think Quinny would be, just because as a, as a thief, um, rare minerals and, and rare metals you would, you would be aware of, um, in terms of, like, what, what to, to steal and not. 
Um, adamantine is a, a a rare material in D and D universe. Um, it's uh, an extremely hard black metal. Um, when it's been finished, it reflects a clear green sheen under candlelight and purple white under uh, magical light. Um, but it is uh, beloved of um, like uh, armorers and um, weapon makers. You can honestly like the, the easiest sort of film example of this is it falls kind of in the adamantium or vibranium zone. Mm. Um, if we're talking like Marvel films of um, once it has been forged and cooled, it is it can't be deformed or bent by mundane means. So they don't dull weapons that are made with it. Don't dull or chip. They're just like really, really fucking hardy. Um, so it's not so rare that, you know, you've never heard of it, but it's definitely not uh, in, in like Game of Thrones terms. It's probably a slightly more common dragon glass. So like it's around, but you don't see it all the time, uh, if that makes any sense. Um Beyond that, I don't know. There's obviously more details about it, but I don't know that you would know well, much more than that. Let me ask you this and you can tell me whether I would know it or not. Am I aware of what the um, the general response or sort of counter to an army equipped with adamantine uh, weapons would be? Um, is there fight better? Fight better? Okay. Like they're they're just they're you know they make they make for damn good weapons that don't chip um, and that can't be kind of bent or broken. That said much like heavy plate mail, like you still, there's just by necessity of you can't build a solid Is chunk of armor. Then? There will yeah. always be joints and seams and other things. And it's rare enough that like you might see a battlefield commander decked out in full adamantine armor, but it would cost so much. Um, okay. That it, I'm it thinking would actually be. of local fauna that might be subsisting off of natural adamantine ore or anything like that. Um, so I'm just trying to think, does that mean that it would be like, is it, is it a heavy metal or is it like light and ultra durable and just super fucking badass? And it, it weighs the to... same, uh, it raised, uh, it, it weighs the same as steel. Okay. So it is not a, not a lightweight material. Okay, cool. Um, which again, I think you would know from, from possibly even handling the stuff that had been made with adamantine, but I don't think you would know much beyond that. Okay. Anything else I can tell you? No, no, I, I guess not. One, not if you don't have any firsthand experience, you know, just makes sense. Yeah. The only other piece of course, is that the, the mine was sealed off in Reginald's time. And I think it'd be safe to say probably flooded or something like once it was done, it mm -hmm. was just like, fuck off out of here. We don't want a back door. Um, Oh, yeah, we sealed it and collapsed it and shit, but that's not really going to affect this because... That shouldn't apply here, right? Because yeah, these idiots didn't, and that's why they'd make a terrible horde and they're going to die. Well, cheers to that, I guess. <laughs> All right, and uh, Juniper, as Reginald and Queenie are having their conversation, you see a perfect chance uh, to yes. kind of get, get Butthole alone to, to speak to him about uh, how how you want to try and solve for a car. Um, so, Butthole, uh, I don't know if you've thought of what's going to happen, you know, once we achieve our goal of 
retaking a car. Mm-hmm. But uh, I-, I had a chat with Reginald. It seems like um, the population is really used to a horde-based mentality. Well, I, I don't know if that's true. I mean, Reginald lives in a world where everything is a horde all the time. Now, these people aren't from Horde World, so Reginald's opinion of what people are capable of is also, shall we say, nihilistic to bleak to torturous. Right. But keep rolling. I feel like you're building up to something. I, I want to know what it is. Well, I'm just, I'm just a little bit concerned that, you know, once... I mean, what do you have in mind once we kind of dispose of those in charge and, you know, set up? Because, I mean, I mean, I mean, these, these people have been, you know, hor- horribly abused by their rulers for a long time and, mm-hmm. and, uh. We want to make sure we have their support and don't just step in and get, you know, assassinated right away, as is a risk, I believe. Well, a lot of people talk about assassination, but look at how far I've got not getting assassinated. Like, here's the thing. You yeah, got to show I, up and I be think nice. And... a little bit of survivor bias, isn't What's that? Well, I mean, the only people around to say they've never been assassinated are the people who've never been assassinated, so... It's like, of course, by definition, you're here because you haven't been assassinated, so. Yep, so I'm going to keep not getting assassinated because I'm pretty good at it so far. But everyone who's alive is pretty good at it so far until they're not. I don't know, there's probably some people who are going to get assassinated like right now and don't see it coming, so they're going to have a rough time. I guess that's beyond the point. I I just, let's say worst case scenario is that a caught is like, it is from Reginald's world. Okay, so a cause horde. Yes, let's just let's just assume, because if it's not, then we don't have to worry as much. All right. Well, we but but I think we do need to make sure we're rallying kind of support from the ground and make sure that you know the average person uh, is going to feel okay that you know we're coming in and taking over and and is is in support of this and know that we've got their back and we do want kind of the best for everyone yeah see i think we've got kind of different concerns here because when i look at a car uh things are really shitty for the average person right now in fact they're terrible so i don't think we really have to worry about an uprising from the average people against leadership that's showing up changing things over and trying to make it better because when the leadership was fucking terrible they didn't do an uprising i'm far more concerned about shall we say upper level management that's who's going to be a problem the generals the nobility and that kind of thing so what i'm thinking is Amongst my many cool new god powers, side note, you should pray to me and we can sort this out later. You can find religion in an appropriate way. But uh, I can take a, a, a space that I'm in and know whether or not people in it are telling the truth. So I'm thinking what we do is we get the nobility in. I cast the spell. They come in. We ask them questions so they can tell us whether or not they're going to betray us. So we just know definitively and we can find out whether or not they're assholes. And then we deal with the assholes. 
And uh, people who are here to do the right thing or legitimately were being pressured into things and want to redeem themselves will know that that's true. And then we can let them keep working with us. So. Hmm. Okay. You still seem troubled. What, what's troubled? Well, I just, you know, when there's a, ch a change of power, that's kind of when, you know, I think we're probably most vulnerable to attack. Oh, see, because I think we're the most vulnerable when we're sneaking into a car and they're still in power. I think we're, well, we're most vulnerable from the so like now. current regime yes, right now. Yes, which I would argue we're in way more danger from the current regime than we ever will be trying to take charge. I hope so. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. See, it feels like you're being really negative right now. Where's this coming from? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who's I, this coming from? I, I just... I just want to be sure that, you know, we don't, we don't do all this the wrong way. Well, what do you think the wrong way is? Is to get in there and have people mistrust us and, and, you know, revolution starting, take us out before we even get a chance to show what we're about. So your worst case scenario is we overthrow the regime and then we all get murdered by the people. Correct. See, because I see a lot of other worst case scenarios that I would argue are actually worse, which is like, we don't do this. We go home and all get eaten by zombies. We, we give up and die. We go forwards and we don't even successfully overthrow the regime and they just turn out to try to prove they're right and kill everyone. We betray our friends and join them. That, that's there are a lot of worse things well, than maybe we don't just, do a great job. I, I agree. I just I, I just wanted us to be posed, you know, aligned for the best possible outcome. So how do we align ourselves for the best possible outcome? I I don't. I mean, spread the word. Get. Well, see, this is a stealth assault, so we don't want to go telling the populace that we're coming because we. Literally just uh, didn't tell the people we trust most in the world that we're coming. So this is just going to be messy no matter what. I mean, yeah. Like, okay, here, here. But, butthole is a person, yes. Butthole is a king. Everything's messy. Everything is going to involve change. We've sent out word. We've been battling a car for a while. People there are going to know me. There are things that we can move forward with. But... I think the person you need to talk to is the butt hammer. Uh, and he just sits up a little straighter uh, and, and fixes his armor. And he just says, right now it sounds like you're looking for a guaranteed path where everything goes the way you want it to and everyone agrees. And if you're not sure that it's going to happen, then you're, you're kind of worried and pumping the brakes and not really ready to commit to, to causing change. Do you think that's a fair... Description? Honestly, Dr. Martha should talk to you and learn from you because, yes, that's exactly what I'm feeling. I feel like you've had a lot of bad things happen to you, and I've been nearby for a good chunk of them. And you lost a lot of people. And that sucks. I don't really have a fancier way to describe that. That just absolutely sucks. And you want to go find those people and you want to do the right thing. So I, I would say fear of failure is probably a pretty logical concern for you. Does that feel accurate? Yeah, and that failure leading to 
people getting hurt. Yep, that makes sense. So Good people, to be clear. Bad people, they can fuck right off. Ha, yeah, that's true. Okay, so you, you've got like a, a sword fighting juniper in you, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when you think of sword fighting in, in a duel or a fight or anywhere else, when you hesitate, what happens? Oh, the hesitation is death. So right now, we're on a quest to try to defeat something evil and build something better for the world, and the odds are absolutely stacked against us. So if this was a duel, we're fighting, like, the Forsaken combined with the, the, the guy who's now being the Forsaken combined with, I guess, Bukharius combined with, like, Xanthus. We got, like, a master duelist that we're going up against here, and all the odds are stacked against us. We're fighting with, like, a spoon that we sharpened or something. We got a good plan, and they're not paying a whole hell of a lot of attention, but we got one shot. And right now, you're worried about what happens if we win this duel. Could other people in the room be mad? It's, it's an interesting way to put it, I suppose. Because if we can't win this... And make the world, I, like, I would argue the world would be a better place just by killing this fucking Grace and Typhus asshole and saving my completely innocent, very kind mother who will help us. Juniper kind of winces at that, but doesn't say anything. So, we have to win this fight before we worry about the next one. Right. And the key to that, and I know it sounds like I'm kind of harping on a theme here, but hope, we have to believe that we can do it, and then faith. We have to believe that things can get better. Because if they can't get better, there's no point in fighting at all. And then there's determination. The reason that you're doing this. And what I can tell you, Sheriff Moss, is if we can turn this kingdom around and we can save the day here, we can use all of the, the wealth and the political power of a car and all of our other friends to start finding the people you lost. This right. isn't the end of a journey. This is a first step on the journey you really, really care about. But you have to have faith that you can get to those final steps. <sighs> Hesitating is death, but striking can save a life. Are you no, you're ready right. I've been... to save a life? You're right. You're right. Of, of, of course you're right. And I'm sure you knew some, like, kind of criminal assholes in your days as a sheriff. But oh. Yes, see, perfect. But when you look at them, how many of them could have been a good person if you gave them the chance to make a change and the support to allow them to do so? Realistically, like 90% of them. Well, if we've got a country and we look at all the generals and nobility and there are, I don't know, a thousand of them and we say 10% are assholes, we've only got to kill like a hundred people after we take over. I don't want to sound like a psychopath, but I've killed way more than a hundred people. Plus there's Quinny. That guy can kill like anybody. He'll kill them while they're asleep or whatever. He's really good at that shit. Right. The question is, do you want this? I do. I do. 
Yes. No, you're right. I'm so caught up with doing it right. I haven't really been focusing on getting it done at all. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you're right. It's really just more concerns about what happens after, which we kind of can't control. So here's the crazy thing. You don't have to pray to me. You don't even really have to have faith in a God, but you do need to have faith that this will work. So maybe you want to just like pray to whoever or yourself or just sit there and kind of meditate while feeling hope for a bit every day. I feel like that might be good for you. Yeah, I guess it's just hard knowing what dying is like and having done it once. That it really makes it clear that it's possible that it'll happen again. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, everyone dies, but not everybody gets a second chance to come back. So right now, it's a weird thing to say, but like, you're already dead. That's done. That's free. You, you don't need to worry about that shit anymore. You, you're cheating. You, this is great. <laughs> you get to ride this train all the way to the end. Right. And then what happens after you die? Here's the exciting thing. I legitimately don't fucking know because we made all the gods and everyone in hell angry, so we don't get to go to either. <laughs> we broke the rules. Something else happens. Right. And it's, I guess that's kind of exciting, isn't it? Yeah. All right. All right. I think I need to spend less time with Reginald. Yeah, that's kind of a good thing for... If you're not sure of something, he is the wrong person to talk to. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, butthole. Thanks for helping me clear my mind about this. No problem. Now go do whatever praying is for you for like 10 minutes. Uh, okay. <laughs> what, uh, what does Juniper do to... Because, uh, I mean, I feel like we know what pre-merge Juniper would do. Because she was big on, like, you know, connecting to nature and meditating and, and that sort of piece. But having combined with Sheriff Moss mm -hmm. and as a result of merging with Sheriff Moss, being constantly more attuned to your other – is personas the right term? I yep. always forget. Yeah. Yep. Um, in a way that you weren't previously. I feel like, you know, OG Juniper was, had very clear delineations, whereas with Moss – being in a state of kind of perma transformation, there's a lot of that you can control more now, but you're just more yeah. aware of that. What is um what is your version of of what butthole is suggested? Um because Juniper needs to get into the mindset of she needs to get just kind of get her confidence back a little bit. No one is more confident than Echo. Um, Based on our experience, yes, this is true. So uh, so to kind of get in that mindset, she will uh, transform into Echo, who's just going to go around being a little murdery kid. Maybe Ooh. she'll like check out some like weird deadly flowers and collect them or something like that. Uh, can you roll me a d6? Sure. One. Cool. Um, so when you say murdery flowers, do you mean that she is specifically looking for poisonous flowers? or Nightshade, that... shit like that. <laughs> okay, can you roll me a nature check? <laughs> sure. 
See how Tim Burtony these mountains are? Uh, 14. 14? Fucking, yeah, sure. Wouldn't you know it? Just a patch of deadly nightshade, just like your, your Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas. You just, you know where it is, you find it. It's beautiful, but deadly. Personas and girls of every age. Would you like to see something strange? Yeah, that was the one other song that was in the karaoke rotation. <laughs> Come with her and you will see there's nightshade right over here. <laughs> she's just like walk around yeah. the corner. There's a whole nightshade field. <laughs> and she's just like very clear to Goblin Jr. Like, don't eat this. And Goblin Jr. You. like looks at you, looks at the nightshade, looks back at you and you're the scariest thing he's ever seen. So if you're saying not to do something, he's like, snarf, snarf. <laughs> He like lifts Jesus. up a leg and pees on it, and then like not the ones you're picking, but like nearby, <laughs> yeah, just to establish like, dominance. I mean, it could probably reach my hand. Yeah, <laughs> She's look, very small. he's no Mister Mittens. He's not just peeing all over the place and expecting no one to notice. <laughs> Excellent. He knows um, urine is sterile. He's trying to save your hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah so no. he uh, oh, no, he, he pees not. nearby, <laughs> and then uh, then but he then knows leads, it is, um, uh, leaving you it's echo to. Truth. To yeah. pluck your your nightshade, and then yeah, is that just kind of it? You're just having a little little murder child. Just being, a, yeah, it's just it's just spending time in Echo's skin. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, and I, I will say, uh, Mo- Sheriff Moss Juniper, uh, whoever you end up being when you put the helmet back on, uh, when you look inside it, you see Butthole has ordered a customization for you that you had not noticed before this. But the names of all of the missing members of your town have been chiseled into the inside of your helm. This is dark, but I like it. And she transforms back into Sheriff Juniper and puts it on. <laughs> a little, little high, a little low. Uh, you know, that's kind of how it runs for, for the sheriff. Um, amazing. So uh, with that, the, the days have kind of passed, um, having had these conversations. And you arrive. Uh, sorry, I have to be clear. Juniper thinks that's really sweet. Only Echo <laughs> thought it was, like, morbid. <laughs> just, just to be clear. Sorry, Tom. Continue. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. Um, I was really tempted to interrupt you again for comedy purposes, Tom, but please continue. <laughs> you realize by saying that you did, in fact, I know, I know, but I couldn't help it. Yeah. But I wanted to let you get like three sentences into your description and then do it. So I'm I did sorry. it in the not no, nice, but nice. I, I, no, I was going to give you a real nice you, one, but know. now you're just getting like, the stock standard. Like I just raided the unity asset store. and was like fucking cliff. I don't know. Um, so you arrive at a fucking cliff. I don't know. Whatever. Don't worry about it. Shut up. Um, you, uh, you arrive after uh, your three days of travel at um, a small kind of um, cleft in the, uh, in the earth. Um, and uh, you can see that there's sort of like a um, a, a deep um, canyon, not tremendously wide, but wide enough um, that runs through uh, this area. You've come down out of the mountains um, as you you make your way uh, towards the the entrance to the mines, um, but it's still kind of rocky terrain, um, and so this is kind of like you know just a little. I don't know if gorge is the right term, but, you know, there's a crack in the earth. Um, and you can see that there was a rope bridge um, across uh, this this chasm. Um, that said, uh, you can see the um, the remnants of the bridge on the other side um, are, are somewhat burnt um, and hanging uh, hanging down. On your side, uh, even the posts that it was attached to have been, been hacked off and, and tossed over. 
Um, you can see some um, uh, on this side. There, there's some gear that's been discarded. Uh, clearly, as as people fled in a hurry, um, and uh, Doc Huckleberry kind of um, you know eyes it from under his hat brim, and he says, uh, "Yeah, this here looks like the spot they were telling me about. They uh, they beat a pretty hasty retreat out of here, but they want to make sure nothing followed them, so they uh, you know fucked the bridge, as it were." Um, beyond this, you can see um, sort of across the uh, the chasm. Um, on the other side, there is a uh, sort of a, a, a almost a mound, like the the earth kind of um, rises up and over, um, and you can see uh, that carved into the side of it, there is what has been um, lightly excavated, um, a large kind of heavy stone arch. Um, and, uh, there's, uh, a variety of, um, you can see like, uh, there's tree branches, so, like fir tree branches and other things have been placed over the entrance to this. A bunch of that's been knocked away, um, mm. clearly by the people, fl um, fleeing in haste. Um, but it very much looks like this, this was a, a spot that was, was, um, meant to be, uh, kind of buried and forgotten. That's been kind of cleared out and, um, and reopened. Um, so beyond that, um, you can see this, again, this sort of mound with that in it. Beyond that, um, there's sort of more trees, and in the distance you can see the landscape is still hilly, but gradually kind of um, flattening out in butthole. Even at this distance, you know, like you can't, you know, see a car on the horizon or anything. There's too much terrain in the way. But like, it's the familiar edge of territory you're starting to to recognize very much on the limits of um, of what you would consider not even necessarily a Ka territory, but just like adjacent territory, but definitely... Yeah, but the weight of it is looming. Yeah. Even though I can't see it, yeah. And also, you know, a, a, not that there was really any, any doubt, but um, enough that you can tell that Reginald is not wrong. This is something that would, would connect to... A, like, it's close enough that it could reasonably connect to a Ka, if still... A, at distance which makes sense because you just didn't know that there was a mine attached anywhere really and that would have been an odd thing if it was like oh yeah well what, what do you mean there's a quarry on the edge of oh shit there's a quarry on the edge of town like it's it's far <laughs> enough away but, but yeah also cool stuff yeah uh so you're faced with um this this chasm um i do not have a solution to this puzzle this puzzle is literally you're all big level characters. You have arrived at a chasm, and I'm just curious to see how the fuck you get over it. So here we are. Um, looking down into the chasm, uh, you can see the remnants of, of the bridge and the posts. Um, it's a pretty steep drop um, down there, uh, and you can see a, a couple of bodies um, that are just kind of uh, crawling slightly, but their bodies are clearly shattered. Um, and so they are zombies now, but they are zombies with no bones. Uh, it is a no-bone day for the zombies, so they are... They're just kind of awkwardly kind of like rolling back and forth and kind of clawing at things. Um, but uh, How far is the chasm? How wide is it? Um, it is, uh, we'll say about 50 feet. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, I think I've got a way to get the cross, but does anybody else got any ideas? Uh, we could climb down fight our way through a zombie horde as we walk across the bottom and then climb back up. I really hope that's not your idea because I hated mine just now. Yeah, I don't think I could do that one. I I could try, but yes, that's not my idea. That idea Perfect. is... Perfect. 
terrible. Let's okay, hear it. so I have the ability to fly for up to an hour at a speed of one would assume about twenty feet per second. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny just... how all of our characters think in these really specific numbers. Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> listen, when you're with the horde, you need to be able to do the math to make sure you can get the fuck out of the castle you are in, and I have timed myself at every different speed. You wanna know how fast I can crawl? Too fucking bad. That's a secret that'll save my life later. Uh all right, so <laughs> I can fly you across basically one at a time. I don't want to try to do more than that. Uh, who's, uh, who wants to go first? Yeah, I'm feeling light. Yeah. Great. You're going to have to hang on because I'm not terribly strong when I do this. So we're all going to do this together, but uh, I don't know. Don't, don't fuck this up is all I can say to you. I'm going <laughs> to tie myself to you. <laughs> oh, that, that is a much better choice. That I, I won't fuck that up nearly as much. Alrighty, so let's let's fucking do this. So he takes his. I gotta check another fucking spell. <laughs> God damn it! I have too many of these goddamn things. Yeah, I, I think this is definitely for each flight. Butthole is gonna cast guidance on Reginald to try to help this nice. uh, achieve its journey. So Reginald can fly twenty feet. Per second, so he would take Does twenty he have across to first. Crush and snort to do that, or is oh just yeah, yeah, thing? yeah. He's he's crushed and snorted a gem out of his bag, uh, and then he's good for an hour. So awesome. All right. And does this, you, Ryan? You've previously described him snorting gems as like changing his physicality somewhat. Does does the flight? How's the flight this, change him? This one turns him into a full Doug Jones. Like he just gets tall and very oh, thin nice. and almost vam- vampiric looking, just gaunt and longer limbs. And then he just starts floating in a creepy, unholy combination of like, ooh, spooky Dracula. And like, because you know him and it's full daylight, ooh, what we do in the shadows character. Like it's right. just <laughs> in the middle of the two. Um, yeah, you found yeah. a sweet spot in my heart there, but Yeah. He's also just like, who wants to go first? Yeah, it's yeah, this creepy. reminds me. We of, already talked about this. Of hell, Sorry. Yeah, we did this. It's a lot out of me. <laughs> so your your brain stretched too, you know? <laughs> it's the thoughts take longer to get to the You're mouth. You're so much shorter now. Uh, and and you, you, you can tie yourself to him. Uh, yeah. And yeah, Tom, he flies 20 feet per second or sure. per round or whatever the fuck. Um, so. Quinny, I think we're just going to call this a uh, a dex save, which with you is relatively pointless, but we got to roll it anyway. Oh, saves, not so much. All right. Would he have advantage for being tied to Reginald? <sighs> no, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Uh, it's a 28. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. I'm worried uh, you really needed that it advantage. It is comparatively low. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 buddy. Compar- it's only oh, plus well. nine. Yeah, well, plus ten. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. Double digits, my friend. That is, yeah. It's the um, dex modifier and the proficiency bonus. Nothing fancy there. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, yes, uh, Reginald, you are able to to successfully float uh, Quinny across. Um, and then, uh, then you return. Great. Then he will take Doc Huckleberry as the other person who's also like a scout, like just the two scout characters. Sure. So, yeah. So you get uh, Huckleberry and I think Goblin Jr. over just fine. Uh, You're left with uh, Butthole and uh, Juniper. Who wants to go first? Well, Juniper, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I'll go. All right. So we'll strap Juniper in. Yep. Butthole cast guidance on her. And across they go. Okay. So um, I think... Reginald, that flying 
both Juniper and the chair over is going to be a slightly harder, um, just strength-wise. It's it's a bigger lift. Um, so let's go with He a, could do them separately if that's easier. Like, he could take the chair over okay. and then go yeah, drop her in that the chair. That makes sense. Yeah, so we'll take yeah. two two trips. Um, in that case, uh, Juniper, I just need a strength save from you, please. Strength save? Yep. Plus 1d4 for nice. your... Guidance. Uh, uh, 20 total. Hell yeah. So goes just fine. And finally, uh, butthole. All righty. Let's see what boy does. Net 20. Nice. Yeah. You know, brothers, you got that connection for that thin man flying connection. <laughs> like all the <laughs> siblings, I'm told. I don't the aerodynamics are so similar with their similar bodies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, so Reginald, you you managed to land um, butthole safely on, on the other side. And um, yeah, this is, you, you, you've you successfully beat my how will the dum-dums get across <laughs> a crack in the ground puzzle. Good work. <laughs> the answer is one of them can fly. Yep. Um, it's good. So with that, um, it's great because I had nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was curious. I was like, I don't know. They'll, they'll figure something out. Um, so having uh, made your way over, you um, the four of you approach the the opening um, to uh, to the mines, and um, up close you can definitely tell like this is this thing was sealed. It's not a doorway. It may have been a doorway at some point, mm. but it was, it was sealed and it is thick. Like the, the stone that was used here is about a foot thick. Um, and this, this place was clearly meant not to be disturbed, which for Reginald particularly is always a bad fucking sign, but as is always the way in <laughs> Faerun, dumb or otherwise, someone disturbed it. And, Whatever it is in there is awake and pretty fucking mad. Let's go meet it. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at El Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at DelBorovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Alan, Flynn 1138, Alorraine Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick. D&D and Things, Norma Byers. Schrodinger's Pepper. Guy Edwards, Flea Unit. Madre de Gatos. Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain. And Jill and Noel Laplante. 
If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. I'm Jonathan Pezza, the creator of the Curious Matter Anthology. And I'm betting you've probably never heard anything like our show. adapt stories from authors like Philip K. Dick, Andre Norton, and Robert Block into binaural audio movies that transport you to new worlds. Hey, get him out of here! That's it? You're banned for life? What's between Braxians lasers? Seriously? I told you downtown was a bad idea. In our brand new season, we explore farther into the what-ifs. You think, in these instances, that somehow simply by believing things are different, they changed. Doubt. I don't follow. I doubt something, and um, they don't change, per se. They cease to ever have been. We delve deeper into the realms of horror and science fiction. Nerves of steel, boys. James, sir, please, there is no need for this. I do not believe that whatever that is can understand you. Robert, I know you are in there somewhere. If you are, we are... Made it through the barrier! It's gonna hold me! It's dragging him out! Damn! Beast! Just get to my knife! Available wherever you listen to podcasts. So sit back, grab your popcorn, and listen to the Curious Matter Anthology today.